Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 41 of the Oz WCW podcast. Where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean AS. I am joined as ever by sports journalist Mr. Liam Hatt. How are you doing, my friend? Well, I'll be honest with you, Dean, I was doing much better before, just a moment ago, just before winning the air, when you put songs from the old classic episodes of South Park in my head that I now can't get out. So I'm about to spend an episode of Because WCW with, uh, well, Cousin Fish, Vision, a whole world stuck in my head. We'll see how that goes. This is only because I greeted you with the words, howdy ho. Oh, I'm easily triggered when it comes yeah. to things like this. One little reference, and I get an earworm. Are you as easily triggered as people who attended Hell in a Cell live? Oh, from, oh. from reading the socials today. Uh, I've <laughs> I, I've seen some of this, and it's absolutely ridiculous that there's even a debate whether or not people can point at that shower of shit and say, "What the fuck was that?" If you are, I'm so, I'm sorry, but if you're anyone listening to this podcast defending that show or at least trying to argue against those who want to vent p- please watch the damn thing <laughs> but you know you know something else on a completely positive note i saw the first episode of all elite wrestling dynamite wasn't it good to see tony Schiavone back commentating on a wrestling show on a weekly tv show i got I got WCW vibes, the lighting of the arena, the entranceway. I, I, I liked it. I, I want to see this succeed. I want to see these guys push the WWE. I want to see some proper competition in the wrestling world, much like our beloved WCW gave WWF for a good few years back in the late 90s. Yeah, the occasional push before they pushed themselves off of a cliff, rinse and repeat. But yeah, um, it was always weird with the Shivani situation in that I think most people, myself included, just assumed that he wanted to leave professional wrestling because there have been projects since WCW died in 2001, but he completely left it. He covered baseball for a while, didn't he? He -hmm. even found some jobs just on the high street, I think I've read somewhere. Working in a coffee shop at one point. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if it was just like a. It may have it may have been a thing where he he does that to keep himself active, and he has other uh, fingers in other pies. But I, I could have swore so. Correct me if I'm wrong, readers. But um. But yeah, like you you wonder why he would be gone for so long when it was so easy to get him back. But it's interesting. I mean, the thing I, I like the most about the first episode of Dynamite, which I, I for, for the time being, I'm, I'm starting off doing a few of the recaps of the first few weeks for the Indie Corner. Uh, check out theindiecorner.com and we'll see how it goes because obviously it's 
it's you, you won't really consider it an indie per se but there's an interest it's very early on so we're going to give it a try and just see how the first few weeks go and when i was recapping it for them and checking it out myself i uh first thing i liked was three different swear words that jr and tony were using and then giggling to themselves about it. they very much enjoyed the creative license there with the rating they couldn't stop yeah. using bastard that was fucking hilarious bastard pack yeah well that is his twitter handle to be fair you know but they're going um, full-fledged with it like that's his that's yeah. his ring name and everything it's brilliant J- jr uh, coming out with holy shit you know things like that it was, yeah. it was yeah i'm not used to i'm not used to hearing jr swearing unlike our good friend rob mcnichol who uh, spent a few uh, a few days on the road with jr and apparently he's a bit of a potty mouth off air sometimes Listen up, slap nuts. That's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one. And you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. Um, so let uh, just to let you you guys know, uh, our dear readers, as you as you called them a moment ago, I like that, that might stick. Um, we are we are listening, we are listening, we are watching episode number fourteen of WCW Monday Nitro. That was originally aired on December the 4th, 1995. So if you still have uh, a WWE Network subscription, you haven't cancelled it in disgust at the shower of shit that they presented last night, or um, if you, I don't know if it's on YouTube or if you have some devious streaming way of doing it, obviously we, we couldn't possibly encourage that on on this show. Unless it's devious. Is, unless it's devious, obviously. has to be yes, devious. And you don't get caught because don't forget, as Jason Ventura always told us, it's not cheating unless you get caught. Um, so we we will be uh, we'll be watching that in in just just a moment. So remind us what happened in the last episode. We had a main event of um, was it Sting and Luger v Anderson and Pillman, which lasted about five minutes. But this was all the post World War Three fallout, and Randy Savage is our new world champion. Yes, he is. Uh... And as we discussed, we're getting headlong there into the whole Sting Lex Luger dynamic. You know, Luger jumped back into WCW on the first Nitro. Didn't take him long to decide he didn't like people like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, which makes a change because it's normally Hulk Hogan saying that he doesn't like people like a certain type. Um, and Sting is not going to let go of it so easily he has this friendship with with luger that transcends the uh the hill babyface divide and it's going to cause a little bit of friction it's already caused a bit of friction uh there's a bit more to come and tonight if i remember correctly they advertise it's going to be the the chief feuding amongst all of that has been savage and luger they're the two who are at each other's throats the most and they're going head to head for the title aren't they indeed they are that so should be are you decent ready? I am super duper ready. I'm just making okay. sure I'm at zero 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 zero. Yes, we are at zero 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 zero. So if you are watching along with us at home, dear readers, then um, we will be pressing play in three, two, one, go. And here we go. Burning buildings and all that. First person we see, of course, is Hogan. Oh, and of course, Hogan went back to the uh, red and yellow last week, didn't he? He 
did, yeah. He did it officially at uh, World War Three. He burned the black gear. It was such a shame that the, the minute the whole Hogan wearing black while technically being a babyface thing got interesting with that match with Sting covered a couple of weeks ago, he immediately binned it off. But what can you do? Well, we are in the graphics says Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Bischoff has just said that we're in the greater Phoenix area of Scottsdale, Arizona. So they're not in Phoenix. Did you What's see the that? dog dressed as? Oh, God. He's holding him like a boombox. I thought we had a boombox, but no, it's a, it's a dog. Or a ferret. Bobby Heenan has weasel wafers. <laughs> Did you see that new addition to the production? Like, they had the, the, the flashing light with the Nitro logo that goes along the aisle. Did you catch that? Oh, the little logo, yeah. Well, yeah they, uh, I remember WWE using that in the mid-90s. I'm just wondering yes, who ripped off of whom. Now what they're called, Gobos, that's what they're called. Ah. Yes. I asked with the knowledge. I remember from when I was at university and we uh, we did, we used one of those uh, to shine our uh, university radio station's logo on the uh, main building of the, of the university. Yes, you did. Obviously without any kind of permission whatsoever, but yeah. You did, you did production or something. I remember tapping you up for advice when I was looking to do a master's. Oh, I didn't do any. I didn't do any production. I was absolutely hopeless. At anything like that. I just, <laughs> Where did you I go just, again? Where did you go? Talked, I just talked bollocks and hoped I pressed the right buttons at the right time. I was at Royal Holloway, University of London. Royal Holloway. I was. I was yeah. looking at a TV production masters, I think, yeah. and because I saw that you and I think I had like at least one other. Uh, acquaintance at the time who was a, a alumni there I thought I'd tap you up and get some tips didn't happen in the end of course not right so we we already talking about a um a triangle match at Starcade main event that's that's happening because obviously that's going to be a few weeks away but here we go Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs the American males now Scotty Riggs was he he, he retweeted us recently didn't he Yes, by by all accounts, he's a pretty cool guy. Scotty, if you're listening, get in touch. We'd love to have you on the show. Absolutely. And if uh, there are any WCW fans listening who haven't checked out his uh, shoot interview he did, that's a good one. There's some funny stories there. He just comes across as a very normal person. And they're rare in wrestling, I find. I was just about to say, yes. And there's uh, our former guest, David Penzer. Looking dapper as ever. Oh, yes. His, his 90s bow tie. Might have to get him so, back on the show soon. Yeah. So, here we go. So, we've got... They're uh, talking about the fact that the, the American males have already won the WCW tag titles on Nitro previously. Yes. Very early on. Yes. And here we go. It's uh, Harlem Heat with Sister Sherry. And they're coming for you. I can't wait to cover that one. I was, uh, I want to say Spring Stampede 97. We take what we want. And if we take Lex Luger and the Giant, we want the gold, sucker. What happened next? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to get cut from the the night 
the uh, net, network version. Yes, you know. the the network. It's it's well documented. They basically took uh, a sucker that Booker T said. It must have been a completely different promo because it wasn't identical to anything he said in that promo. But they took an old Booker T sucker and put that over the offending word. Yeah, we go. And it looks and it looks low can... effort as well, which makes it funnier. Excellent. Oh, apparently we've got oh we got. Scott Norton and the Giant tonight. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, c- colour me interested. I'd, I'm up yeah. for some of that. And Hulk Hogan is in the building, everyone, because when Poochie's not on the screen, of course. It's becoming a trope, isn't it? A running gag of the podcast. And he's, he's, he's not helping us try and get away from it. But yeah, I, I want to say it was episode three or four. I think it was episode three that the males beat Harlem Heat in an upset for the titles. Um, it was only like a week later that they dropped them back, but it was a tape delay on Saturday night. It actually only showed October 28th, according to Wikipedia. And hey, Harlem Heat are now the four-time champions. Hey, at least they didn't have a, a negative day's title reign. No, we had some of those earlier in the year, though, looking at all these asterisks and details, <laughs> including Harlem Heat when they were trading with the Nasty Boys and Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck. What a time yeah. to be alive. <laughs> Tell you something, really nice pair of drop kicks from Scotty Riggs. Yeah, um, you, you've you got three guys here, especially at this period of time, who can absolutely work a tag team match. And one in Booker T who's destined for better things. Here comes Book Booker Speed. Yeah. See, I did something cheeky, Dean. I looked a little ahead. Obviously, you you get a rough idea of where the tag titles went after this. But as far as the exact details, I am really looking forward to Harlem Heat losing these titles when they do. Because the team they lose this, these belts to next, this is when it really gets good. And how, that, that's not going to be too far away. A couple of months, not not immediate, but but oh. yeah. A, anyone with knowledge of my biases on this show will know exactly what happens to the belts. Ah, <laughs> oh, the old Bagwell arm drag. Colonel Robert Parker. Ah, now he's got a gift for Sherry, hasn't he? Yes. This was at the time they were courting, seems the time and location appropriate phrase. Yes. I remember that now. And now... How many how many times have wrestlers caught their shoulders in the shoulder, in the uh, in the ring post, and yet they still go for that move? Yeah, and I don't mean to throw shade at what they do here, but I feel like if I entered the wrestling ring and ran at a corner, I couldn't hit my shoulder on the post if I tried. <laughs> it does seem a pretty specific thing, doesn't it? Yeah, here we go, um, and you don't really ever see anyone hit hit the move either. Hmm. Um, he's given a gift to Sherry. It's a rampant a rabbit. I'm joking. It's not a rampant rabbit. Wait. 
I've just I've just suddenly caused two hundred thousand people to tune into this yeah. episode. The analytics team at Doe Network are going to be about as confused as the writing stuff. I still don't know where it was. Did you catch it? So sorry. <laughs> no, they haven't really. Um, it's not been shown very clearly. I, don't, I think deliberately, probably. It was enough to get him a hugsy wugsy from Sherry. Yeah. Oh, spinning Rooney and a jumping kick, wheel kick. Oh, I thought that was. I thought that was going to be it. You can see just from this that Booker's kind of a class apart from the others. Yes. I think it's fair to say that both Riggs and Bagwell are basically, they are exactly as good as their opponent. They are never, they are never worse, but they are never better than whoever is working with them. Oh, Sherry has been bowled over by her gift and she's leaving with Colonel Parker. So Harlem Heat without a manager right now. I just realised what should have been in that box. Acting lessons. Oh. That was terrible. They're trying to tease that there's going to be another upset via distraction. <laughs> just as you say that, Michael goes, His, her team's going to get distracted. You know, this proves Dino. Liam Hap is better than Mango. Never mind that shit. Here comes Mango. He he has been referenced as Mongo on the uh, caption, closed caption subtitles. Ah, so far, but you know, there's still time yet. So they they I mean this is the opening match, so fair play, but they very much had the crowd's attention early on with a fast start. Definitely. And given what we know about TV matches and their nature, I was fully expecting this to uh, to to be the over crowd, relatively fast. Yeah, the crowd are reacting to Booker positively, even though they're meant to be the heels. I'm presuming that the guy they're focusing on there is some kind of celebrity in America at the time. Oh, AC Green, whoever he is. All right, all right, I'll look it up. It's going to be a US sports star, isn't it? It's going to be a basketball player, an American footballer or something. Yep. Retired basketball player. More consecutive yeah. games than any other player in history made him Iron Man. Yeah. Down, so they've basically done the old classic tag team thing of cutting the ring in half and focusing their efforts on Scotty Riggs. I did like that double gourd buster. Mm. There's, there's a move that someone could just pick up. You know, a tag team could just pick that up right now. Just a nice, simple double team. None of these overly choreographed, overly complicated things. Here comes Bagwell's finally made the hot tag. So he's uh, he's unloading on both both men. 
Book had just bumped before Bagwell even connected. Oh, nice spin bump from a from a clothesline. Fisherman suplex. I think that was his finisher initially, wasn't it? Yeah, the blockbuster definitely didn't come along until the buff days, did it? Mm. Not sure what's going on there, but uh, Bagwell's basically being held by the legs. And the Harlem hangover. Gotta love that finish, though. And that's that. Not the, a bit of a clumsy looking Harlem hangover. I'm not sure if he quite killed him a bit, but hey, gets the win and a pretty good TV match, I thought. Yeah, as you said, rough around the edges and the, the whole outside activity with, with the Colonel and Sherry was just so poorly acted and badly timed. It distracted the fans, it distracted us. You'd think like anyone but those today would produce it a lot better, sort of thing. And they're back to having friction with the Iron Man. Indeed, as security holds him back. It's no Tyson Fury. No, well, if he starts going on a massive drunken rant about pretty much every minority he could possibly offend, then then he can catch up to him. It's Sting and Luger being interviewed by Mean Gene. December 27th is a Starcade. Sting, Luger and Ric Flair in a triangle match. Obviously, that's going to play up the the friend-slash-enemy dynamic. Yes, yeah, so he, he Mean Gene just asked him, what's the story? What's going on with him and Luger? He's already uh, sucking up to Phoenix. Yeah. Wanted wanted Luger without Jimmy Hart by his side. It's the business side. Is is this like two people who are mate two two politicians that are mates but op- represent opposite parties or something? You bring him I'm trying to enjoy Sting and Luger, you're bringing me down with politics. How dare I'm you? More hype for Starcade. Sting is confident he's going to pull off the win, and he's saying that Luger might be world champion by by that point. Luger's his best friend, and we all know what that means in wrestling. Yeah, there's a bit of a thing here. They've kind of advertised that it's going to be Sting, Luger and Flair in the triangle match. But we've got the title match later. And I think they're trying to say that if Luger unseats Savage, they swap places. But it's kind of giving it away, isn't it? You're right on the money there, old buddy, old pal. He's coming across so disingenuous. It's brilliant. is good stuff he, he's in agreement that they leave nothing they leave nothing behind when it comes to Starcade. and spoiler alert they will both be in that match 
Did you know Sting nearly walked to the back and then remembered he's got a match now? That... He was like, oh, wait, I can hear this grotesque <laughs> entrance music fucking... that's making Dave Penzer cringe. I must turn around. That was fucking brilliant. He went to go back with Lucas. Oh, shit, I'm wrestling now, aren't I? WCW production just on oh, the money so far yeah. between that and the Sherry stuff. It's just all over the shop. As we know them. So this is Sting versus Kurosawa. It's easy for you to say. Did I get it wrong? Oh. Probably. <laughs> so this was um, Manabu Nakanishi, wasn't it? That they just didn't know what to do with. Mm. In a surprising turn of events, an American promotion didn't know what to do with a Japanese wrestler. In less of a surprise, they took offence to a Japanese wrestler having more than one name. So they put paid to that. And no doubt we'll give him a martial arts gimmick. He looks like a biker in his current get-up. Yeah, tremendous mullet. So yes, Colonel Parker is supposed to be with uh, Kurosawa, but Obviously, he's otherwise engaged with Sister Sherry. Ah, uh, see what you did there. Yeah, he'll he'll be off getting rat ass celebrating the engagement, surely. Yes. I celebrated getting engaged myself, Dean, by ordering a curry. Marvelous. That always sit with me. We 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 uh we got engaged in our house privately and then ordered a curry. <laughs> You can't, you can't top it. You just, you can try, but you'll fail. You can't beat a curry. Apparently, it's National Curry Week this week. That's every week for me. Yeah, that's true. So Sting has just uh, knocked Kurosawa out of the ring. But he's grabbed him by the legs, and Sting is now getting clobbered on the outside. Yeah, fans are digging the Sting. Always good to hear. Yeah. And those roots are slowly coming through, aren't they? Oh, yeah. The hair is changing. He in 96. Yeah, the hair is changing. That is a great evil laugh. He's got the mullet. He's got the evil laugh. How did he not make it to the top of WCW? He didn't speak English that well. He doesn't need to. He can laugh. He's got a mullet. That's and it. He's got, he's got Colonel Parker. Strap a, rock, strap a rocket to his back. Well, I think we're following the uh, Randy Savage TV match formula here because after getting a bit of offense at the beginning, it's all Kurosawa now. And no yes. sooner do I say that, the Sting starts fighting back. Jinxed it. Yeah. He was about yes. to win this match. He was going to take Sting's place in a triangle match, win the title at Starcade, and he'd still be WCW champion now because it wouldn't have gone out of business if they gave the belt to this man. And you jinxed it and ruined it all. Yeah, Sting of Splash. And this one is going to be over in a mere few minutes. Center of the ring, Scorpion Deathlock. And he's submitted. And that's that. 
Yeah, pretty much paint by numbers, Sting TV match. Makes you appreciate that Malenko match all the more. Oh, God, yeah. I was expecting Sting Malenko, and so you, weren't you, to be exactly like that. Slot yes. in a different opponent, and I really appreciate what they did and how they adapted to the setting. Just such Ooh. an underrated TV match. And I think that can forever be our claim to fame, is that we introduced Lightning Mike Quackenbush to Sting <laughs> versus Dean Malenko. Yes. Uh, my good friend Freddie Mercurio competed, made his debut for uh, Chikara this past weekend's King of Trios. Yes, and was impressive in doing so. He fits the template there. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to him. A man who used to live literally a few do- a few roads down in the same town as me. Now Not Chichester, just to be clear. Not Chichester, Sean by sea. Cage match says Chichester, but if you put in a preview that he's from Chichester, he will knock your door down. He was never from Chichester. He was from Sean by sea. Yes, uh, as he tweeted to me. But I told him, take it up with Cage match, mate. (laughs) That could get you out of a lot of um, confrontations with professional wrestlers. You got this wrong. Take it up with Cage match, mate. Don't look at me. Look at Cage Match. Yep. Not me. Cage Match. Yep. Uh, we've got the... Uh, they're, they're hyping WWE Saturday night. Big Bubba and Eddie Guerrero in the main event. That'd be a clash oh. of styles. I'm perversely intrigued by Johnny B. Bear versus Disco Inferno. Tell me a scenario, a, a parallel universe in which that's not entertaining. Hmm. I want, I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, Guerrero and Big Bubba. Because that would be pretty good, I think. Here comes Scott Norton. Speaking of intriguing matches, as soon as you mentioned this on the rundown at the start of the yes. show, I just hope it's not a squash. Because while there's surely only one winner, they've done enough with Norton where... You don't squash him to the stars. He's Steinered the Steiners. Mm. He North Korea'd North Korea. Oh, you love that story, don't you? Mm. I'm not even sure how it makes sense to say that he North Korea'd North Korea, but that's the line <laughs> I'm using. Incidentally, I was um I was looking up the um the Asian World Cup qualifying groups for uh, Lebanon, my uh, my dad's nation, and Lebanon are in the same group as North Korea and South Korea. That'll be fun. Hmm. Well, two nations who've made World Cups. South Korea expected to be there at this stage. North Korea made it. Why yeah. not Lebanon one day? Especially when they expand it to 200 teams, which is what they're doing, isn't it? <laughs> they are they are getting better and better. There was there was once a qualifying group that never before had the phrase group of death been more appropriate because the four teams in the group were North Korea, South Korea, Iran and Iraq. Group of genocide. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Giant versus Scott Norton. I mean, Scott Norton is massive and he looks, I know it's an old cliche, but he looks tiny next to the giant. 
Norton's doing every little subtle trick in the book not to be sized up to Giant. You see that? He's he's not squaring up to him. He's flexing. He's, ta he's like slapping the pecs. He doesn't want to draw attention to the fact that his size is dwarfed by the Giant. Because obviously he's got to come out of this at the end of the day and still be a tank against half the roster. Yeah. Oh, big, big slam coming up. He's just picked up. And he's not going on the floor. I don't know if that's mandated or he's just really trying to save face here. Why do yeah, I get the impression of... that Norton wasn't happy with this matchmaking? Yeah, he's, he's kind of just going down to one knee or going, getting slammed and rolling rolling over and getting back to one knee again. He yeah. went down very easily from the um, the like the crossbody, not crossbody, the, the shoulder tackle. Mm. Whoa, look at this. Picks up the giant from what looks like a belly-to-back suplex on oh, an atomic drop. There you go. He's got his shit big in. Pop. He got his spot. That he indeed got a big pop. I rake. Not to be confused with Iraq. <laughs> how many episodes have you waited to get that one in? Well, it's just it reminds me of how lots of Americans mispronounce them. We're going to Iraq. Okay, so Norton's getting a bit of offense in now. But you, you get the feeling that Giant will turn it around any moment. This is really awkward, which is a shame. Mm. A, a, a better agent could have had some real fun with these two. Not in that way. <laughs> Just saying it before you did. Norton's going up top. This can only be a mistake. Yep, he's just been caught for a choke slam, surely. Caught him around the neck. Up, down, choke slam, that'll be it. How quickly after three does he kick out? <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't. But after what we've seen in this match, you kind of expected something like that, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that match could have told a better story. Just ice cream and ketchup, wasn't it? It's a shame. Disappointing. Yeah. That could that just could have been so much fun. Like you said, I don't think Scott Norton was terribly impressed with getting this getting this assignment. No. I mean, obviously, though, short-term, they've got big plans for the Giant. He'll be in the world title picture for a little while. But you'd think this, this is a sort of match that could have gone on a pay-per-view when neither had something to do and other guys were in the title match. You could have just chucked this out there. So that's a... Yes. You could, have, you could have done stuff there to really put Norton over, even though he was losing, and obviously... Mm keep the giant strong well we talked about sting malenko earlier that's like the measuring stick isn't it and we're already getting our main event well, are we are we gonna get a new nitro match length record oh uh, sorry we got a mean gene promo 
We're not yeah. a mean gene. Fair not play. a mean gene promo. You know what I mean? Who's coming out now? Mr. It's the Flair. Nature, well, at least he's not shilling the hotline. This is true. So Flair's in the triangle match as well with Sting and <clears throat> could be Luger or Savage. <laughs> well, that's definitely not Ric Flair. Who's this? Sir Charles. Oh, Charles Barkley. Now, I've heard of him. He's a basketball player. Yes. That makes two of them on the show. What is it with WCW and basketball players? And they're having him come out with Flair, who is now very much a heel. I'm guessing Barkley's like, no, I want to come out with Flair. Because yeah. otherwise, why? <laughs> yeah. His strut game is on point today, Rick. When is it not? <laughs> Only in WCW could you have Charles Barkley as a guest on your show and you don't announce him. Yeah, but the thing is, he's only in WCW, but he won't be the only example. You remember James Brown, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're in a ratings battle with the WWF going head-to-head with another national wrestling TV show or anything, you know. Hmm. I just loved uh, Mean Gene's intro about, oh, are we seeing a new tag team here? So expecting someone to say, don't be ridiculous. You know, those that you wouldn't start doing that for at least another couple of years. Oh, we got Rick, we got a Rick Flair going batshit promo. He doesn't know any other sort of promo. Subtle and measured Ric Flair promos went extinct around 88. <laughs> if that. He's having trouble. Keeps pulling his trousers up. He's Barkley's now sucking up to the to, to his to his fans after pretty much saying Flair's my man, whether these fans like it or not. <laughs> you better appreciate the nature boy. If you think about it, this show has actually been quite a mess. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Flair's threatening to sick Barkley on on Hogan. Charles Barkley might walk away from the NBA and become a horseman full-time. And when that plan fell through, they settled for Mongo. (laughs) (laughs) Now we know where that started. It was like, yes, we're going to make this happen. Oh, shit. Steve, what are you doing with yourself? Get over here. Hayden's still got the alleged weasel raccoon thing in her bag. And and speaking about McMichael ending up becoming... I I only just realised now that when he did turn and become a horseman at a Great American Bash 96 uh, Heenan was in the horseman's corner so for all this bickering 
it's easy to forget that these two were actually on the same side of a hill faction for all of five yeah, seconds. Yeah. They very quickly walked that back with Heen and Manjin the Horseman. But for a brief glimpse, it just felt so right. Here we go. World title on the line. Here's Slammer. We've still got... We've got like 20-odd minutes to go. I, I think the record for longest match... I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's only like 12 minutes. I was going to say something like 12 or 13 minutes, yeah. But if anything deserves a big marquee TV main event, this feud has simmered since Luger came back. They had a match very early on and they had friction, but it wasn't much of a match. I think it had a non-finish. Sorry, go on. No, that was pretty much it. I was going to say, didn't they Didn't they also have a match where they both wrestled other people on the pay-per-view and then wrestled each other if they... Yes. If, if, yeah. Halloween Havoc. But now the title's involved. Savage won the title at World War Three, And it's worth... This is a match worth doing, especially if they're going to give it time. It's easy to forget. Lex Luger can go. Not necessarily in the same way as an Eddie Guerrero or Chris Benoit, obviously, but the man, the man can entertain. When he wants to. I think that's the key. Is It's not so much lack of talent as it was laziness and just lack of interest. But this is a big title match. He's, he's not long come back to the company. And Savage can do the work of five men. Mm. And thankfully, he's not wearing the carbuncles. Now, bear in mind that over on over on WWF Monday Night Raw, which is recorded, our our main matches happening at this time are Razor Ramon against Dean Douglas for the Intercontinental Championship, and then a main event of Marty Jannetty v Sid. Yikes! Yeah, didn't fill me with confidence that one. Well, at least they weren't in a giant cage going to a, a non-finish that their swearing blind was a stoppage. It's like when they swore blind 20 years ago that they weren't crucifying people on a cross. It was an undertaker symbol. Yes. There wasn't a disqualification. It was a stoppage. Don't hit him with that weapon. He hits him with a weapon. He rings the bell. Yep, stoppage, wasn't it? Sorry, that's, that's going to stick in my craw for a while. You and quite a lot of people. Yeah. So here we go. We've got Luger, definitely portrayed here as the heel. He's got Jimmy Hart with him, who has already been described as a maggot on the commentator commentary. He wouldn't shake hands with the fans. Yeah, the dynamic between these two is is cast iron. I think the only thing that changes Luger is when Sting is watching. And that's the key of this dynamic. And sometimes even then, not completely. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think that Sting would be watching his best friend challenging for the World Heavyweight title then? Yes, but you, you know what I mean as far as the... Uh... Yeah, when Sting is there. It's not that Sting, Sting has made it clear. He's not oblivious to what Luger does. He doesn't want it encroaching on his business. 
it's like when you're good. I mean, you you made the comparison. I suppose if you've got a a good friend who's on the complete opposite of the political scale to you, I suppose maybe it makes sense after all. But you are you are friends above all else, so yes. you're like, let's not discuss politics, and these Indeed. two are like, let's let's not have a fight in the middle of the ring. Savage is starting this fight up. And you got to remember, most weeks of Nitro involve Savage getting jumped and injured. And Luger's normally one of the people doing their injuring. So yes. so he's starting a house of fire. He, wants, he, he doesn't just want to retain the title. He wants some flesh. He wants some blood. That left arm bandaged up to sell the injuries. Hmm. And then they're going to talk in on the commentary that he's already favouring that arm. Luger's trying to capitalise and he just runs straight into a punch. Apparently the C in WCW stands for commitment. It's interesting. World Commitment Wrestling. Yeah. I thought that was just the title of that 99 episode when... Um... Ric Flair went to the loony bin. Savage off the top with an axe handle already. Gets the two count. So this obviously isn't your typical Savage TV match that we've been used to. This is a, a main Savage main event match. They are using pay-per-view match pacing so far. Yes, indeed. Uh, it just feels weird to watch it on a Nitro watch-along. But it's a, it's, a, it's a welcome change of pace. You can do that now and then. And this is a sort of match to do it with. Make sure you ride your pony to Nitro. Is that a euphemism? It sounds like I it's think so. He just, uh, Bischoff just advertised the horseman. I didn't catch all of that. But advertised the horseman in some capacity. Maybe a tag match. We'll find out next week. Indeed we will. There's something about Jimmy Hart's megaphone shoutings at ringside that just takes you back, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Beautiful, baby. Beautiful, baby. Come on. And I saw him on the, on Raw the other week. He just doesn't age, does he? It's amazing. No. He's going to be there in Liverpool next year, isn't he? At the For the Love of Wrestling Expo. Oh, is he? I think because WCW need to get to that. Mm. Uh, we've gone to a break to uh, plug Starcade 95, which is Team WCW v Team New Japan. Yes. Which I remember being quite good. Mm. I seem to remember Koji Kanemoto and his springboard moves, popularising the springboard manoeuvres in the in the West because they'd not really been seen before. Mm. So we're back back to the action. We're on the outside. Savage taking control of Luger, dragging him over to the guardrail. 
Uh, turnabout's fair play. He's going to try and break mm. Lex Luger's arm. And as you say, this has been brewing for a number of weeks. And, you know, this is one of the great things with Savage was that he was always great at transmitting the intensity of a feud, whether it was yes. Ric Flair in WCW or WWF, whether it was Jake the Snake Roberts, whether it's this. He was always great in that respect. It's night and day the difference between him working that that formula, as we've discussed, when he doesn't have a, a feud to sink his teeth into. And when he has been working a program with someone, he can he can really convey it, as you said. It's either it's either hell for leather or none at all when it comes to intensity. If he wrestles just some Joe Schmo in a TV filler match, he he busts out the old formula. Lucas selling great. Well, they he looked like he was tapping out there. He he tapped his shoulder a few times before he just subconsciously without realizing. But it's, this this is before the tap out, really, wasn't it? We're in the middle of it slowly becoming more. It wasn't until Ken Shamrock that it completely wiped out Uncle, crying Uncle, as they say. But there were definitely some taps before Shamrock, weren't there? I can't remember. It was Shamrock that popularised U- so. Uf- UFC culture in general. We're talking 93, 94, 95. Yeah, 95, yeah. 96 was when it started becoming popular. And when, yeah, when you started getting that crossover with wrestling with Seven and Shamrock and people like that. Paul Varelands in uh, ECW. Dare we forget that story? There was some funny shooting the views about that as well, weren't there? Oh, yeah. So Savage is working on the left arm of Luger. Goes for a quick small package, just gets a two count. But this is, yeah, as you, as you said, this is complete like vengeance and retribution for Savage, isn't it? Bischoff's confirmed that, yes, it will be Savage, Sting and Flair if he... Loses the title to Luger here. And that Luger would defend the title on the card. And if I remember correctly, it falls into place so that the, the champion actually faces the winner of the triangle match that night. Oh. So, I, got the, I mean, it was it was a very complex concept, this, uh, this Starcade. As we've discussed before, if, you, if you've got a a pay-per-view that has that marquee name attraction like Starcade does. It's a weird place to run so many concepts. Just run the bigger matches. Yeah, and they never they never really seem to get that too much, did they? I mean Starcade ninety seven was the big show with a big match main event. But yeah, prior to that we had as you say, Team WCW v Team New Japan, we had the Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery, we had mm. the um what was Starcade 89? The Iron Man, Iron, Man. Iron Team. Yep. We had the Pat O'Connor Memorial Tag Tournament. Yep. Oh, that'd be a, that would be a good one to review. Starcade 90, Black Scorpion. Oh, God. The Tag Tournament with uh, Rocco Rock pretending to be a South African and the Russians who don't seem to know it's a work. Fuck it, we've got to get that one done. If anyone wants to review Starcade 90 with us, give us a shout.
So that's been an interesting story they've told with the working on each other's arm. It's one of the matches you look really closely. Oh. Savage got his eye raked and then he swung a punch at the ref. I swear that connected. Thinking that the ref was, well, supposedly not being able to see the see who it was, yeah? I'm shocked the ref didn't call for a stoppage. But yeah, it's one in matches. If you look closely at it, you'll see they're not they're not doing a great deal. They they are they are using the intensity and the and the and the psychology of the arm injuries mm. to to get by, which is absolutely fine to an extent. That's what wrestling comes down to. Storytelling, and they are telling a story. Very slowly. Yes. But it's not bad, per se. It's not bad. It's... This is definitely the longest match we've had on Nitro so far. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's the culture we've put ourselves in by watching the Nitros over and over again that makes it a little harder to digest than it should be. But then it's a world title match. You know, how many times have we had a world, a, a main event or a title match and it hasn't gone long we've complained about it. Now it's going a reasonably decent amount of time. Not even sure if I'm complaining. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad on that. I'm not sure where I feel. Very middling. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I was... I was never a fan, a huge fan of Luger, I've got to say. Luger, Luger to me is like Randy Orton is these days. He's perfectly good, perfectly competent wrestler. It's just something never, ever clicked for me. I think there's a little trace of that in that if you took away Luger's, admittedly, he's selling the arm really well and really cleverly. If you took that away, you would really realise in this match just how little he's actually doing. Oh, he's very—he's always been very, very smart. Both in ring and in the uh, the office. But yeah, I, I feel like that's that's really well stand. This match is—I—I I find myself a victim to the conditioning of the TV format. This is the biggest aberration of what Nitro has presented as far as brevity and pace and tempo. And it makes it harder to digest. It's, it's Again, it's not a bad match. It's not amazing either. I think they've both had better opponents. Mm. That's the thing. It's like, you know, a, Lug- a Luger v. Flair match or a, a Savage v. Flair match or... Luger v Sting, Savage v Hogan, they're the the classic combos you think of. Well, that's a good comparison. You think of that Sting-Hogan match we had, and you know, you hear a lot of complaints about Hogan's work rate, but Hogan kept you into that much more. Um, They appear to have missed someone taking a turnbuckle pad off, and Luger's gone into it. I completely missed that coming off. I'm guessing Luger yeah. did it. 
and the ref's gone down as well. Luger's <laughs> conveniently fallen slap bang in the middle, ready for the big elbow. Look at that. He goes for the top. The Beautiful whole elbow. venue is up. But everyone, everyone in that arena was up on their feet. Oh, and now Savage has got Jimmy Hart. And the crowd are in. Hart's calling there. for someone. Giant, I imagine. Nice flair. Flair, yeah. With brass knucks. Straight in the mush. Another <laughs> strut. Presumably, Flair's that. getting involved ju just to create chaos. He has nothing to gain or lose, really, if you think about it. Mm. He's making his way up the aisle. And here comes the Hulkster. Flair, Flair's on the good cocaine tonight. He really is. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Don't serve script. But the dance and the charisma, I, can't, I actually can't wait to see him sell a couple of Hogan punches. He'll do a somersault off one of them. <laughs> Here we go. Hogan and Flair in He's the got... ring. <laughs> I think they could spend the whole episode just threatening the punch. What's Hogan doing now? Shoving the ref? Yeah, he, he, he actually let go of Flair to stop the count. Because Luger is covering Savage after the oh. brass knucks. So Luger and Hart are going to get rammed together. And quite rightly, Hart bounces off Luger. Oh! Oh, and Sting just came to rescue Luger. And Sting gets clobbered by Hogan by mistake. Shoves Hogan. Oh, now we've got some tension. So our main event has ended in the DQ. 13 minutes 56 to be official. So that is the longest match in, Nit in Nitro history so far. We have a new rule. We'll have to note that down so we can see what tops it. Oh, Mean Jeans here to play the role of Dr. Phil. Everyone seems to be on the same page again. Hogan's on probation. Yeah, I don't remember that. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what they're talking about. It's Hogan and Sting versus the Horseman next week. And yeah, Hulk Flair wants to know if he can trust Sting. So we're repeating ground a little bit here. But, yeah. but the crowd is eating it up. Did Sting forget to do part of his paint? Was that a deliberate thing? Uh, his right cheek, left his left cheek, right as we look at it, one side's orange and the other side's not painted in at all. Yeah. Well, we had the match. I'm wondering if some of it took a knock, but it's a it's a weird way for face paint to fade when it just it's I'm spotless sure one side and side, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Come on, let's face it. He didn't put that much effort in against Kurosawa. No, he leaves that to the makeup lady. Yeah. Or man, you know. So. Savage no, looks like so he's. Sting, 
Sting is saying that he doesn't slag off Hogan's mate Savage. So why does Savage? Why does Hogan have to slag off his mate Luger? And, and Savage had a tremendous "Why are you dragging me into this?" look on his face as well. So basically, everyone can see through Luger except Sting, who is defending him to the to the last. And again, here's the thing about it: Sting is not even trying to pretend that Luger's a good guy, but he's like, he's my mate, and that's that. Like Sting's line in the sand is literally: as long as Luger doesn't pull any shit to me, he is my friend. And you got to also remember that Luger has actually made the save for Sting a few times. Ooh. But they're now using the Horseman to get back on the same page. We we all hate the Horseman, is the is the mantra. Yeah. Also, Hogan's growing his moustache back at last. Look at that. Oh, it's the end of Hulk Hitler. Or a shaking. Shaking a handshake, that's the word, not a shaking of the hand. Yeah. <laughs> a handshake between between the two of them there. Keep Luger out of my face is Hogan's one demand. That's a pretty fair demand. Yeah. This whole mixing and matching of the big stars in WCW, this is all well and good and moly entertaining, but it's sad to think that they were still doing this in 98 and 99, still shuffling the same cards. Oh, yeah, at this point in time, you know, especially when you compare it to WWF, you look at the star power in that ring, and, you know, throw Luger in the mix as well and Flay, mm. when that, that star power in that main event was phenomenal. It's got legs for now. It'd start flagging early 96. Really needed the outsiders and the new world order to give it that shot yeah. in the arm. But they're they're even, even then, the, even the new world order runs stagnant. And when the time was coming for, for, for Page, Raven, Goldberg, Booker T, Benoit, uh, they, they kept giving us what we're watching now. Yeah. And that, is, that, that was the problem with WCW. But watching this at the moment, it's, it's intriguing. Yeah. Greetings, Grapple fans. Mike Quackenbush here on Because WCW. Well, that is uh, the episode is pretty much wrapping up, and I, I don't know. It was, it was a, it was good in parts and average in other parts. I, I'd say it's a just about a thumbs up for me on that episode. Yeah, I mean, if 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 pass fail was pass fail, bang in the middle. This would be our first bang in the middle for me. Yeah. It's flirting that fine line. I could, if someone told me it was a foul, I could, I wouldn't turn around and go, are you insane? If they told me it was a pass, I wouldn't go, are you insane? If I said that to you, Dean, it would be for a, a, a myriad of other reasons. <laughs> but, um, I, just, I just can't believe that they had Charles Barkley and they didn't advertise him. But hey, that that's, be, that's because WCW. There's your because, though. So you were waiting to utter that. All over, yes. Right, well, that one wraps that up. And um, I guess with that, that wraps this episode up as well. So uh, we'll be back very shortly. Uh, I, I believe we've, we've got a pay-per-view here in the offering. And all going well, we'll be uh, reviewing a pay-per-view next. But I won't say any more than that in case it all goes wrong. We yeah, don't want to jinx it. Exactly, we don't want to jinx it. 
because if this one goes off to plan, this will be a, a peach. That's all we're going to say. But fingers crossed. And we are due a pay-per-view episode, aren't we? Indeed. But one way or the other, we'll be back this time next week because we'll lay down an episode one day. So, on behalf of my co-host, this is the Twisted Genius saying thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week.